So welcome back to Capital Sports here on Moscow's Capital FM plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three, and a very happy Valentine's Day to you all. And of course, we are going to be speaking with our uh, our usual notables in just one moment because we're going to speak about the greatest of all time in sports. Of course, as an athlete, player, and uh, we're not going to speak about coaches because we're, we're going to speak with you know people who. Well, look, we'll leave coaches for another day, okay? Right now, it's the greatest of all time because this discussion raged this past week after Tom Brady won his... Uh, he's actually won more Super Bowls than other teams combined. It's like, it's it's nuts. Um, right, it is just after kicking off there in Goodson Park. Two minutes gone. Everton nil, Fulham nil. So no early goals in that one. Right, um... Folks, you've all been writing into us, plus 795-1111053, and tweeting to us as well um, about who you reckon is the greatest of all time in sports. So I'm going to start right away uh, with our people. I'm going to ask immediately. Uh, let me see. Uh, Derek, who is yeah. your greatest of all time? You have two minutes to tell us who's your greatest of all time and who's the second best. All right. Uh, so, first of all, my greatest of all time is Lionel Messi because I've been a fan. Not, nothing really personal, but I've been a fan of him since childhood, probably. And firstly, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of like how football, sports in general, has become so commercialized. You know, like there's so much money. I understand it's a job, but there's so much money in in football, for instance. But that tells you how great people like Messi. And Ronaldo, for example, are because despite them getting <clears throat> all these huge sums of money, for instance, they still are the top top performers. And for years, for over ten years, they've been performing at the top. But I like Messi particularly more because I mean, let's let's, let's consider like a working place, right? How many people can perform at the top in that job for over ten years? Like, he's been at Barcelona, but he's been at the top of his game for years and years. So for me personally, he's... Like, I don't even have to talk about his achievements. Everybody knows about Messi and and the fact that he he's one of the players who gets all this money. You can tell, like, he's not motivated really by the money, but really by being one of the greatest. And, like, I, I wonder what... If we're ever going to have a chance to watch people like Messi and Ronaldo, because those people are just... Amazing athletes and and sport. So for me, it's there's no one and two. I'm not in a debate between Messi and Ronaldo. I think those two are my greatest of all time. But I I like Messi more personally. Okay, thank you for that. So Messi, there are a lot of people who are agreeing with you. Um, uh, Lockman has said yes that it is um, Messi, and he says Ronaldo as well. But he also adds Roger Federer in tennis. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, also, Anna, who earlier on asked a question, she also said Lionel Messi. Uh, hmm, interesting. Okay, uh, Isolde Cody, who is your grace of all time? 
I'm going to give a brief mention to my greatest and then I would like to give my second the time he has never got and deserves. So my greatest of all time is Walker Smith Jr., otherwise known as Sugar Ray Robinson. Why? Because this is a man who over his 200 fights won 173, 109 of those were by knockout and only had 19 losses with six draws and two no contests. He also competed at lightweight, welterweight, middleweight and light heavyweight while only being five foot eleven. So obviously, just to give a quick nod to one of the other great reasons his name is Sugar Ray Robinson. He borrowed a friend's birth cert when he was too young to compete and he needed to get AAU qualification. And the name on the birth cert was Ray Robinson. A woman in the audience who saw him fight told him he was sweet as sugar and the name Sugar Ray Robinson was born. His career also spanned from 1940 to 1965, which is just downright impressive. Moving from him to my second greatest of all time, it's not a boxer. It is, in fact, a jockey, a man known as Richard Johnson. Richard Johnson, for 20 years, came second to A.P. McCoy. So A.P. McCoy, Tony McCoy, is probably the greatest uh, jockey of all time. But in a total of 3,745 jumps wins... Over the course of his career, Richard Johnson only managed to come first um, two years in his career as the top jockey. And that was after Tony McCoy retired. But to mention this, this is his greatest of all statistics. He has the most ever um, entries in a Grand National at 21. Out of 21 Grand National entries, he has never won and has only managed, his top position was to come second in 2014, in cruel irony. And as my final kick in the teeth to poor Richard Johnson, as I started by saying, Sir Anthony McCoy. So Tony McCoy was given a knighthood. Richard Johnson was given an OBE. Please right. spare a thought for tonight. Okay, that is good. All right. Uh, I'm going to go straight away to Double N. Double N, who is your grace of all time? Yeah, um... I'd like to say that uh, I'd like to start with a quote of this, uh, like, uh, athlete. So he said, I'd like to be remembered as a man who won the heavyweight title three times, who was humorous and who treated everyone right. So um, for me, I'd like to also to separate this, uh, my speech into three parts. And to start with, it's about sports. So um, it's I'm talking about Muhammad Ali. And uh, he he has a great uh, like career in sports. He has uh, won so many titles, gold medals in Olympics. He had a really hard childhood, and but he came to the top of the in in boxing to make himself um, heard, to bring some ideas to people, and. Uh, uh, that's what I'm, to- I'm going to talk uh, about second. So it's about his character. It's about um, it's about like the way he was. He was very humorous. You can find so many videos of him outside of the ring. How he treats people. How he behaves. Like we we know him for so many good things. And and by by that I'm going to um, kind of jump into my third part, which is his this like he always advocated for rights. He always like um, he tried to bring like. Uh, peace. He was talking about peace. He was uh, helping in bringing back uh, American hostages from, I think, from Iraq back Iran? in 1990. Oh, yeah, that's right, from yeah. Iraq. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think those great deeds outside of sports like make him really the greatest as people know him nowadays. So I think uh, people should use the sports as a trampoline to to make even better deeds as did just Muhammad Ali. It's just my opinion. So okay, I, I think that many people agree with me. Yeah, uh, Murat he agrees with you. He says Michael Jordan's number two, but Muhammad Ali number one, and Cristiano Ronaldo said Ronaldo's been great wherever he's gone, whereas Messi has always had someone to help him. Farhad also he agrees with you. He said Chris uh, Muhammad Ali. Um, I'm looking around again. There is uh, let me see Oraz. Yes, Oraz says that it is Muhammad Ali, and of course I'm just looking one more time. McCann says it is Muhammad Ali. Okay, that is good. So Muhammad Ali is getting a lot of votes online to see. With Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, okay, we'll go to Alex B. Alex, who is your GOAT? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh, the biggest one, Joey Chestnut. I think we spoke about. <laughs> yeah, we, we did say that. That's the, the guy who who wins the eating contest. Yeah, yeah, the, the guy who has the records for pretty much every type of food you can name. He can eat it the fastest in the world. <laughs> And I think that's just the level of dominance that just like it's just insane to achieve. To be honest, it's like you know you have fighters that just dominate one sort of division or they're good at one thing. This guy, this guy can do it all. He's the best in the world. He's the best food eater to ever walk this earth. And that I can just guarantee if you just watch any any of his videos. And the second one, the second one's where it gets. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go into MMA, but it's gonna be a little twist. So the, I'm gonna give you a little description first. Um, so this guy is from the from the mean streets of of Westland, Oregon. He's the uh, man of the hour who's too sweet to be sour. He's got the biggest arm, the greatest charm, and he does all the harm. He is the reason Waldo was hiding. Of Ch- Chael Sonnen, when they call you, when when, they, when you're the greatest fighter to ever walk this earth, they don't call you the goat. They call you Chael Sonnen. And this is a guy who fought Anderson Silva, he's fought Fedor, he's fought John Jones, he lost, he lost all three, but he made a case for himself in all three of them that he won all those fights. And, yeah, I mean, he's got a pretty flimsy record, but if, if, you, ask, if you ask me and if you ask himself, then he, he sits before you undefeated and undisputed. Okay, that is. Thank you for that. So, all right. So you have a, a, a competition on competitive eater and and an MMA fighter. Okay, I think there's a bit. But we've got already got two. Andre says yeah, he agrees with Sonnen. He says yeah, he is the jo- a goat. Um, okay, and finally, Andrew Flint, who is your greatest of all time? And you've also have uh, been running uh, questions on Twitter, and a few people seem to be agreeing with you. Well. I mean, there's, it's so hard to call, isn't it? But seeing as it's Valentine's Day, I'm going to go for a, a more romantic angle. Sport, for me, is what separates you from athletics. You're more than an athlete. You bring inspiration. And I don't think any single person in any sport could encapsulate the era, the mood, so incredibly as George Best. I mean, you know, Nazar brought out some quotes, so I'll bring out some quotes that sum them up for me. I mean, people know these, but they just, they're worth repeating. When he said, I spent a lot of money on booze, birds and fast cars, the rest I just squandered. Well, that was the 1960s for a lot of people. I had to choose between dribbling past five players and scoring from 40 yards to Anfield or shagging Miss World. It'd be a hard choice. Thankfully, I've done both. Um, I mean, this was a boy who was a wiry, 
tiny little kid who came over from Belfast as a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, I think it was. He was nervous. He was shy. He didn't know really what he was going to do. And he tried to go home. He tried to run back from his first trial. He went on to become just the most incredibly inspirational player. And you've got to remember, this is an era when a knock was a knockout. It wasn't just a little tickle. And this is a guy who had to ride challenge after challenge after challenge. And he he won the European Cup. He, he basically, he could have done so much more, but in another way, he couldn't have done any more. He inspired people. And if you want greatness, for me, it goes beyond numbers in a column. It goes beyond trophies won. You simply cannot be as pure natural talent as George Best. He was a man of his time, and he was the best of them all, quite literally. Okay, that is fair enough for that. Okay, thank you very much. Um, all right, uh, again, we're, we're, there's mentions coming of uh, Eric Cantona coming in. Um, but uh, be, round up, I want you to give you each of you 30 seconds before we go out to the break. Um, starting off with Isolt. Isolt, uh, why should we accept your number one? 30 seconds. Okay, I think we should accept Sugar Ray as being the number one because he is a man who other boxers have taken his nickname and used it themselves. He is a man who dominated in several divisions. He also served in the US Army, obviously, during a very difficult time. And he is a man who has inspired boxing in a way that I don't think any other fighter has. For boxing fans, Sugar Ray is the man. And I think for everyone else... They will look to Ali, but even Ali himself would have acknowledged okay. Sugar Ray as the best. Okay, all right. Uh, double N, uh, Sugar Ray better than uh, Muhammad Ali? Um, I'd, I'd argue with that because I think, um, for me, Ali also did some great deeds like, that speak for, for, for themselves. Like, And I think many people nowadays, they use their sports achievement to go here and there to for some political like uh, positions and stuff. I think uh, what Muhammad Ali did with his achievements is the right way to do. Okay, Andrew Flint, why should we be looking at uh, Ali or Sugar Ray instead of George Best? Uh, well, we shouldn't. George Best, his name says it all. <laughs> all right. no, in all seriousness, it's, 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 it's virtually impossible. I think... On balance, I'd have to go with what Esau says simply because to inspire the man who said he was the best, I mean, you can't get better than inspiring the best in his sport. But um, for me, I, I always side with the romantic side and inspiration. George Best, for me, he inspired more than anything. Okay. Derek, quickly, um, yeah. why why Messi over the rest? Well, like I said, considering like right now the times have changed, Football is more commercialized. Most most of the players are going there only for for the money and not really for the sport. And Messi is the exact opposite. Even if he's always performing, he's always been on top level for years. So, like the times have changed. Most of most of the the sports. Okay, so okay, okay. We're, listen, Derek, that's fine. Times have changed, yeah. but remember, he is er, he in since 2017, he has earned half a billion euros. So money yeah. does count for some for uh, Lionel. And finally, Alex B, why Joey Chestnut, Chestnut over the rest? Because it, here's the thing: everybody eats. Everybody eats. He just does it the best out of seven billion people. Okay. 
Okay. All right, folks, we'll go out with that. That is that is great from Alex B. They're going to be back on, of course, in the uh, Big Fat Filthy Quiz. So until then, we're going to have a nice little kind of romantic song to go out with here on Valentine's Day. This is Gabriella Klimi, uh, or Silmi even, and Sweet About Me, back with Graeme Merrigan. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Ooh, watch me.
Moore. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It was a bit more upbeat than uh, I'd expected. However, we're moving on very, very quickly. And folks, Capital Sports is delighted to bring you this segment. Thanks to our partnership with Match Business Consulting, the one-stop shop for all your sports events and management needs. Okay, folks, of course, we were speaking um, earlier on the show about Liverpool's collapse and the calamity that they are facing. Um, right now in the English League, it is still nil-nil between Everton and Fulham. So what we're going to do right now is have a bit of a discussion about that whole situation around Liverpool. What's been happening? The view kind of from, from over the water, shall we say, from literally from the capital of Ireland which is uh, also sometimes known... Well, let's just say Liverpool is sometimes called the capital of Ireland because there's so many Irish people there, uh, traditionally. But uh, we're going to go to the real capital of Ireland, to Dublin, to uh, one half of the What's Up podcast, the award-winning podcast, and a great... Uh, well, a very, very good guy. He is uh, someone who is going to bring us a whole lot of fun on the show this evening. Gray Merrigan, a very warm welcome to Russia this evening. Thanks so much, Alan. Thanks for having me on. It's what's the story, not what's up. Did I say what? I can't believe you got that wrong. Because I, I was saying what's the story at the intro of the show. I swear, listen, if you listen to the intro of the show, Graham, because we're looking at each other on the camera, I promise you, I did say what's what's the story. So, listen, why? Let, let's just say. Thank you very much. So, why what's the story? Um, I don't know. Like, we're going over five years, so when we were thinking of names. We were thinking of kind of like Irish greetings and stuff and catchy things. So we came up with what's the story? Yeah, because it is something, especially in Dublin. I, I couldn't even tell you about the other suggestions. I can't remember, but I just remember thinking, what's the story? The two of us just agreeing on what's the story. <laughs> it is a good one because, I mean, like, I, I honestly, I don't use what's the story that much. I would probably say what's the crack or I would say to my, my son, what's the crack in Ori? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like... No, I, I think... I would I would say, like, if I'm seeing... If I go on a walk or something with a dog, I'd be saying... I'd see someone saying, are you well? What's the story? You know? Um, but again, I did, that was, like, going on six years ago where, when we agreed on that. I can't even... I'd love to know what the other suggestions were. I can't remember. <laughs> Listen, I, before we go on any further, uh, I speak about Liverpool. Of course, this is the year of the ox or year of the bull. It's actually the year, like, my, my son is the same. He's, he was born the year of the ox. I was born the year of the ox or the, or the bull. And uh, you're the founder and player with uh, Ballybrack Bulls. Oh, what a segue. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I just thought of that just right now. Listen, what it's, a segue. It's, it's, it's a wheelchair basketball team, but it's associated, I believe, uh, or is it associated with Shamrock Rovers as well? No, no, no. no. The basketball team is completely separate, yeah. Um, it's funny, though, because in European uh, uh, wheelchair basketball leagues, it's a professional league. So let's say in Turkey, like the likes of Fenerbahce and Galatasaray, they would have wheelchair basketball leagues. Um, so, jeez, uh, I'd love, I'd love for that to happen. Where <laughs> the wheelchair basketball leagues in Ireland had to uh, align with a with a League of Ireland team, that'd be brilliant. But no, it's completely, completely separate. Not even a hint of Shamrock Rovers in it, unfortunately. Well, there you go. I've given as you much a, as I'd love it. I, I've given you a hint. Now you can go and speak with Johnson. The, 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 yeah, 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 Just tell him. Yeah. Listen, we'll wear your jet. Look, whatever. I, would, I wouldn't. Uh, Jonathan has actually stepped down as chairman now. Oh. But even, even. Even if I've brought it to uh, Shamrock Rovers' attention, it'd be something the Irish Wheelchair Association would have to come up with, or I don't know. Oh. I don't even know how you'd go about and do that. But yeah, I set a basketball team up with my friend Mark about seven years ago, 
we were both playing with Calester on the north side and uh, we decided Mark was a development officer so I suppose his job would be to develop uh, younger players so we did a pilot scheme out in the south side of Dublin and it was invite only we had about eight players um, and yeah that, that's how we set it up it's a, it's a great story because I mean I know we spoke with this there when we'd seen how the level that it's taken to and here of course in Russia they are professional they're see, like they're they're treated as professional athletes you know they get educated and so on so it's a you know Ireland's a bit behind but then again the fact that it's there is a great start so I've given you an idea yeah, go go absolutely. speak with the League of Ireland go speak with the League of Ireland so I'll uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> start with Rovers okay listen um, Liverpool's collapse what the hell is going on now we discussed this in relation to um, let's just say perfectly well, well I, I would say PED but like perfect like you know possibly extreme kind of determination that they'd be using but um, I mean why have they collapsed so badly this year in your opinion in my opinion, it's it's down to Virgil van Dijk's absence, definitely. I mean, uh, the difference that man made to that team, um, whether it be defending or distribution of the ball from the back, um, he's a huge loss. And then all the other losses um, through injury, when you have to play Fabinho and Jordan Henderson at centre-back, um, I think they're pissing in the wind. Like um, Jordan Henderson as well, I mean, he seems to be like... He, like the, the the stats with with Jordan Henderson in the side are remarkable, like in terms of win loss ratio. So I didn't think he was that effective, um, but in the last two years he's been absolutely brilliant for Liverpool. So I think it's a, got to do with, with all of that as well. And of course, I mean you can't maintain that level of performance as as well as they have, um, with the same starting eleven for such a long time without expecting. Um, muscle strains or injuries and, and stuff like that you know what I mean but obviously your article that you wrote last August as well um, I would like to think that has something to do with it just so it can wind up Liverpool supporters <laughs> why would you want to wind up Liverpool supporters tell us ah, they're just the easiest supporters in the world it's particularly Irish Liverpool supporters they're just so easy to wind up <laughs> like my my father and my brother are Manchester United supporters but they aren't as like I've seen them in the pub, and that, but I mean, they don't get so wound up like in terms of quotes ban- banter, you know that way. Whereas Liverpool fans just seem to take it to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It it, it. it. I don't remember it always. I'm, I'm older than you by a wee bit. Well, a fair bit. And uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, don't laugh. <laughs> it's not fair laughing. <laughs> but but uh, I, you know, I remember when Liverpool were dominating and like you know, 80s especially, they were the team to beat. And you kind of wanted to to lose, but Liverpool fans were were always walking with a swagger. And you had then, I remember in school, you, the, the Liverpool fans and the Man, Man United fans, which, of course, they were kind of harking back to the 70s, 60s and so on, where they had a, a decent team. Um, and it was it was bet into them by other brothers and their fathers and so on. You had a few kind of outliers from Leeds, you know, who are kind of like, you know, they're the, the, the odd lads in the class, you know. Yeah. Um, and then there was people like me who kind of like, like League of Ireland and also had a, a liking for West Ham. Now, in saying that, Liverpool fans... They were relatively okay, not that arrogant, but by goodness, after winning the league last year, I was happy for them, genuinely happy for them. But some of the behaviour has just been awful. I mean, is it because they were waiting so long for another title, Graeme? Um, possibly, yeah, I'd say. They, they had, like, 
let's not be around the bush. They had been successful over the years as well, like with UEFA Cup runs under Jared Hulia and stuff like that. They have. It's not as if they've gone trophyless, but they always the Premier League trophy always eluded them. So um, I'd say it was just a lot of pressure um, off the the backs, you know that way. And um, and then I, I I did there was a, a little teeny beanie bit of me, teeny weeny bit of me. Uh, um, disapp- no, what's the word? I was sad for some Liverpool fans that you know to win it. Um, in the way they did in terms of behind closed doors and stuff like that. I always loved the scene of Manchester City um, rocking up to Anfield uh, before a Champions League tie. I think it was Champions League. Yeah, it was Champions League tie. Or it might have been a league tie. I can't remember. But the Anfield road, all the Liverpool fans with the flares and all that. That's brilliant. I love all that. I love all that. Um, so it was a bit kind of... Oh, Jesus. No, it didn't last uh, too long. I got over myself. <laughs> Probably when you when you took your next breath, you went, "Oh no, I don't think yeah, it's worth yeah, it." You know exactly. No, I mean, it's, I thought about it for about twenty seconds. That's. I mean, because like we discussed before, I mean, I was delighted to say, for example, when when Rovers finally went home to Tala Stadium, and when they finally won the league again, and when they. You know, got into the group stage with a absolutely cracking goal um, against a crack serve side. Yeah, yeah um, and I mean, it was great to see that for Rovers. Um, but I, I think in, in in the Irish league, no matter what, like I mean, I remember when when like working with Hyduck and them playing against Shells uh, in the Champions League qualifiers, and fans from around Dublin. Like I mean, I'm talking. There was I saw Bohemians fans, I saw Rovers fans, I saw fans from Dundalk, fans from St Pat's, all coming in to support. Uh, Shelburne against the foreign opposition um, do you think it's something maybe unique in Ireland that we have that because in England they would like you know they almost want to see the English national team lose if it's being led by sort of one of their, their rival team player, uh, team uh, teams well see that thing you said there about the multiple Dublin clubs going to see Shells in the Champions League that wouldn't be for me now I wouldn't be into that at all um, I wouldn't be wishing uh, any of my rivals luck in the Euro- any of the European competitions. Fuck like that! Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not for me. Like your rivals at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? Um, and like if Dundalk for like Dundalk got to the group stages last year, and I was going mad they got to the group stages because just financially, that means low. That means so much to them, and they get they get ahead of you. Um, if they can't get ahead of you on the pitch then they have their ahead of you financially do you know what I mean so I would despair of that to be honest wishing other teams in your league good luck and I think it's I think it's a bit amateur as well that is, um, that, that's fair enough I mean it is it is a step away from GAA where you, you be genuinely you know it's a different thing you're playing for your club in your county like you know in Ireland for example so yeah. it's, a, it's a different situation but would, 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 would Liverpool or Manchester you know, they're the biggest rivalries, rivals in England would they be wishing each other well in the Champions League final no I remember when Chelsea and Man United you know, played over here like in Moscow for the Champions League final and I don't, I don't know what was worse. Well, the fans got on very well. In fairness, it was a br- yeah, but, was brilliant but, but Liverpool didn't wish Man United well to be Chelsea, or they didn't no. wish Chelsea well to be Man United. Yeah, see, no. so if, if, if they sh- both shouldn't happen. No, if it was we were we, they played in an absolute rainstorm here that night. It was terrible going into the Luzhniki. It was like it was awful. It was like flooding everywhere. I think they'd have been happy yeah. if the match had been called off and abandoned, and just like the the cup not awarded that year, you know. But that 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 attitude is funny as well because it's like um, 
it's a it's akin to the the Irish football fan versus the Irish rugby fan. Whereas if if the Irish football team loses a game, a qualifier, um, or even a friendly, Irish Twitter would be like, "That's a disgrace. We can't win. Jesus Christ, that's a disaster." Irish rugby lose this afternoon, and everyone's like, "God, oh, be proud of yourself. Keep your head heads held up yeah. high. You left everyone on the pitch." That was embarrassing. No, no. That, I, I think it's wrong because they're all highly paid professionals. They're all, the one thing as well, did you notice it today? And I saw it, like people noticing as well on Twitter, beginning to notice the Irish players taking painkilling tablets on the sideline like they were skippers. Oh, here we go. Really? I'm telling you. Yeah, if I, you didn't, I didn't watch the rugby now. I don't oh, watch I, watch, I watched on the way into work and I'll tell you something. Uh, before he went to work on the way in, it was shocking. But listen, okay, listen, we're going to go ahead and just a couple minutes before. I have a few questions for you coming in. Um, uh, one is from Aras. He said, uh, who's the best coach, football coach in the world at the moment? Apart from Stephen Bradley. Apart from Stephen Bradley, um, I, I have loved Carlo Ancelotti for years. And I think he's doing very good at Everton. Um, at, yeah, I think Carlo Ancelotti. Carlo Ancelotti. Okay, that oh, is... Um, um, the Leeds manager, uh, I like. All right. What's but his Leeds, name? The, the Leeds are dirty. Uh, Biel, Bielsa, Marco it? Marcelo Bielsa. Marcelo Bielsa. Yeah. Uh, okay, that was Araz's question. Uh, also, we have another question from Farhad. Farhad said, um, Okay, Liverpool falling apart, bad in the last games. Uh, is Alisson at fault or other players? Or Virgin, well, you said Virgin van Dijk, who um, basically is one of the reasons. You said, that this is, the, is this the end of the era of Jurgen Klopp? That's uh, Farhad's question. Jesus. I don't know. I mean, like, he's not... I, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Not at all. Okay. It's, they're going through a bad patch. They haven't gone through a bad patch in, in quite a long time. All teams do, even with Alisson's performance. He's allowed to have a few bad games. Like That's true. I mean, De Gea was having nightmares this season for United. And they're still doing okay in the league. So, you know, it's not so bad. Um, yeah, they, he should be dropped at this stage. So the yeah, I, I, think, I, think he's, I think he's gone. I think he shot his ball. I think there's something wrong there. But um, uh, finally, last question coming in from Lockman. He said, do you think, is football better with VAR or is it better without? I love the drama of VAR. The, dra- <laughs> the VAR is like the saviour of this pandemic. When you're bored at home, there's a little draw boring on the Saturday evening. And that, all of a sudden, in the last 10 minutes, a dramatic fire decision and Twitter is in uproar. Um, I've seen a friend of mine says, it's not, football isn't a television show. We don't want the drama. I love it. <laughs> I, think, right. I think the technology is, is, is brilliant and it should stay. I think it's the interpretation and the referees um, that, that need to be worked on. I watched the, there's an Irish uh, footballer, local guy, Jay O'Shea, playing in the A-League in Australia for Brisbane Roar. And uh, I've seen how the VAR has worked in Australia, and it's it's much better. And you, you hear the conversations going on between referee and the and the television official, and you get a better understanding of how they've come to that decision. Do you know what I mean? So it means communications. All right, listen, great. Yeah, I just you're, think it needs to improve. Okay, listen, Andrew, you're going to be you're sticking around with us for the quiz a little bit later on, and in, in just a few minutes. Sure. So uh, thank you very much. This is Graham Regan from uh, What's the Story podcast as well, and of course the founder and star player for Ballybrack Bulls. Okay, folks, uh, that segment was of course brought to you and associated with Match Business Consulting, Russia's number one sports consultancy. We're going out into the break with a kind of a romantic one from Robbie Williams. Uh, no, it's not. Let me entertain you. This is Supreme back after the break with a big fat filthy quiz. Sports.
with Alan Moore.
with Alan Moore. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. This is part six. The final part is the Big Fat Filthy Quiz on St. Valentine's Day. A very happy St. Valentine's Day to all our listeners out there uh, who have braved the snow. It was, listen folks, I know that it, I was going to say it was a snow joke, uh, but my guys who are listening to me, they would absolutely kill me for that. Uh, it was a, a, a bad couple of days, but we got through it and uh, we've come out to the other side. Of course, tomorrow is Monday. It's going to be a, a much better day. We're going to end off our Sunday night with uh, a bit of fun with the Big Fat Filthy Quiz. And we have, of course, our guest that stayed on with us, Graeme uh, Merrigan from the What's the Story podcast. Actually, folks, if you do want to have a listen to something fun and good with a nasty, tremendous advert for a night, when I was listening to my turn on it. Um, uh, the, the What's the Story podcast is so well worth a listen. Terrific guests on. Uh, I don't know how I got onto it, but anyway, it's a terrific, terrific listen. Really great overall. Um, right, so I'm going to welcome on one by one in order that they will be performing tonight, because of course they will have to perform because it's St. Valentine's Day. Uh, Double N, are you there online listening to us? Uh, yep, yep. Good man yourself. Andy Mack, you're back. Andy Mack, turn off your mic, or turn on your mic, I should say. Andy Mack, are you there? There's no Andy Mack. Okay, Andy Mack will be going second. We're going to try and get back on in just one moment. Alex B., you're there with us? Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> okay, I think Eastolt is not there. Uh, Andy Mack, you are there? I'm there. Okay, uh, I'll see. I don't know if Eastolt is able to take part, but we will. We'll go ahead with it anyway. We'll 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 let her away with it this evening. It is Valentine's Day. Uh, Andrew Flint, you're there. I certainly am. Very good. And of course, Gray Merrigan, you're still with us. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, folks. Of course, this is three rounds. I was going to say three rounds of non-stop action. And uh, so we have five competitors this evening because I think Eastlet will not be joining us today. But not to worry. She is. She deserves an evening off from all of us. The first questions will be about the Australian Open. Australian Open winners, singles winners, men and women, uh, or ladies and gentlemen, as they are called officially. Uh, I will give you the first name. You will give me the second name. These are recent winners. This isn't from like the... 1700s or something so this is only recent so uh, throwing in with double N double N I want you to tell me the player her first name is Mary what's her family name Mary Mary um, let's say Mary Jones why did you say just say? <laughs> That's, we shouldn't be guessing at these guys we are spo- okay anyway right next one Andy Mack Sonia or Sophia, excuse me. Well, Sophia is also Sonia here in Russia. So, Sophia. Um, 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 sounds almost Irish no. or sounds almost Scottish. O'Sullivan. No, Keenan. Keenan. <laughs> Keenan. Jesus. O'Sullivan. <laughs> All right. Right. Alex B. This is a hard one for you. Peter. And it's not Peter P. Peter. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to re- reveal Peter P's identity there. Um, Peter. I'll give you a hint. His, uh, his family name begins with K. He's Peter K. Peter K. Uh, He's a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, I got nothing. Peter. Uh, Peter Corda. 
Corda. He was actually stripped of the title Corda. as well for uh, taking stuff. Uh, great player with an absolutely gorgeous looking wife. And actually, I think their kids are playing golf or, or tennis as well. Uh, Eastold is not there, so we're going to skip on to Andrew Flint. Andrew Flint, Thomas, or also known as Tommy, and not Haas. Thomas, Swedish player. Oh, blimey. Um, oh, Johnson. I'm going to give you one point. I'm going to give you one point. Johansson, Johansson, I'll give you one point. I'll give you one point for, for making the effort. Uh, Graham, finally, your one. Pete. Sanders. There you go, two points. You, you, you've only just joined us and you're beating our guys out the gate. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Right, double N, the missing word for you, okay? I'm going to read out, of course, the sentence. You were, this is a headline. You're going to give us the missing word or words. Uh, all right, here we go. I said he could what? People laughed. This is about Gundogan, uh, who was, of course, um, well, this is uh, Pep Guardiola on uh, Gundogan. Oh, Gundogan, excuse me. I said he could what? People laughed. I said, um, good. Uh, take penalty himself. What are you for? <laughs> I'm going to give you two points for that one. No, that's good. If you give me look, if you give me a funny answer, I'm going to give you four. Double N, you're going to get four for that one. If you give me the correct answer, you get five. Uh, and the correct answer is play as a striker. I said you could play as a striker. There you go. That's a that's a good one. Double N, you did well. Right. Uh, next up, Andy Mack. Okay. So here we go. This is a Russian link. Medvedev's coach. What? As he blows what? Dropped out of presidential race due to Meldonium saga. <laughs> no, wait, there's two parts of this sentence. Medvedev's coach, what as he blows what? Uh, dropped out of presidential race as he blows open Meldonium saga. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, I'm going to give you four for that one. Andy Mack. It's, <laughs> all right. Uh, it is Medvedev's coach <clears throat> walks out of match as he blows two set lead. Yeah, that is. Uh, he blew two sets lead and his coach left him. Right. Uh, my coach did that to me one time in boxing when he said, Alan, <clears throat> go into the third round, Alan. Just box the guy, you'll win. Don't go in, don't go forward, don't lose the head. Stand back, stand back. What's the first thing I did then the third round? I, and, and he'd warned me just a few fights before. He said, I don't have a heart attack watching you in the fight. Um, I get a, a right clout just across the... Right, right across the nose. Pardon? I said, I always knew there was a Balotelli-Mourinho connection with you. <laughs> oh, that was it. I just lost it. And then my coach walked away from the ringside. There you go. In the ringside club of all places. Right. Um, okay, Alex B. Here we go. Your favourite woman in the world. I think she's probably your Valentine's Day. Serena Williams. Yeah. Serena struggles to what? Serena struggles to what? Do not say fit into her outfit. <laughs> okay, I was going to say something about... But the, yeah, but uh, struggles to struggles to stay clean, stay sober. Come on. <laughs> I'll give you four points for it. no. It's Serena struggles to reach Aussie Open quarterfinal after three set uh, tie. So there you go. She of course beat uh, Arena Sabalenka of Belarus. Okay, you were close, but well, there you go. Right, Andrew Flint to you. Um, Wales. What, as Ireland see red, this is from last, last week's match, of course, where Ireland lost to Wales. So, Wales, 
what as Ireland see red? Oh, Wales, I don't know, breathe fire. Welsh dragons. Hey. <laughs> uh, I will give you four for that. I'll give you four for that. It's sneak home. Sneak home as Ireland see red. Sneak home as Ireland see red. Okay. Uh, right, this is an interesting one because this is, we're going to speak next week with uh, a very, very interesting guest, Cara Goucher, um, very, very well-known person who's involved in the whole Nike Origin project. She actually brought it crashing down. And this is an interesting one as well, Graham. This is for you. Uh, this is about athletics, okay? All these um, records tumbling. So, records tumble as runners bring their what? Records tumble uh, as I uh, was as runners bring their what? Um, records tumble as um, <laughs> I'm as to... runners forget their steroids. <laughs> Actually, it's the opposite. It's that they remember their steroids. Yeah. Uh, it is yeah. as they bring their A game. It was from a headline in the New York Times. Listen, I'm going to give you four points. For anyway, so you right now going into the final round, which of course is worth five points. You are in the lead. It's actually quite close at the moment because, Graham, you're on six. Andrew Flint is on five. And the other three, Double N, Andy Mack and Alex B, are all on four points apiece. Right. The final one is European clubs in Champions League football. Okay, but this is an oldie, but a goodie. So this is from the very, very first, from 1966, uh, when the Russian clubs entered the, champ- uh, the old European Cup all the way up to, I think it's 2003, 2004. So, here we go. Uh, first one, double N. Which was the first Russian club, okay, of course it was the Soviet Union, which was the first Russian club to play in the European Cup? Was it Torpedo? Or Spartak, both Moscow clubs. Was it Torpedo or Spartak? Um, I was going to say Spartak, but I think I will stick with Torpedo. Oh, you stuck well. You stuck well with Torpedo. Well done. You have sunk our battleship. Well done. You are on nine points right now. Andy Mack, over to you. <clears throat> In nineteen ninety six, ninety seven, Alanya Vladikavkaz lost to. Which team in the European Cup was it Glasgow Rangers or Glasgow Celtic? Glasgow Rangers or Celtic? Alanya Vladikavkaz, 96-97, European Cup. Who did he lose to? Uh, I actually don't know. What? Um, um, simply because I don't know, I'm going to go with Rangers. I only seem to remember them playing Bajikta. You were correct. They lost to Rangers. Well done. Well done, Andy Mack. You are now joint top with uh, good old double N. Well done. Okay. We are moving on to Alex B. Alex B, I know you love the European Cup. Um, you've had great luck with this in the past when you and Peter P went into an absolute collapse about Juventus. Um, all right. 2003, 2004. Which London team did Lokomotiv Moscow play in the Champions League? Was it Arsenal or Spurs? So Arsenal, of course, is Double N's team. Spurs is Easel's team. So who did they play? Arsenal or Spurs? They played Arsenal. Well done. Why are you so confident about that? I don't know. I've never really heard of the Spurs. <laughs> Except San Antonio. All right. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Andrew Flint, over to you. All right. 
Um, in the Champions League or European Cup, Spartak have played who more often? Is it Real Madrid or Barcelona? Real Madrid or Barcelona? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say Barcelona. I'm thinking of that famous win in the early '90s. Barcelona. You should have said Real Madrid. They played Real Madrid eight matches to Barcelona four matches. Oh my goodness! You could have won the whole quiz tonight with that one. Uh, now it is over to Graham. Graham, you are basically like the Irish rugby team. Uh, you were chasing down, <laughs> down a three-point deficit. So don't kick this over. Don't overkick this or overcook this pass into touch. Okay. So yeah. in 2003. Lokomotiv beat which Ukrainian team to reach the group stage? Was it Shakhtar Donetsk or Dynamo Kiev? So in 2003, well, 2003-2004 uh, season, who did they beat to reach the group stage? Was it Shakhtar Donetsk or Dynamo Kiev? It's going to guess Shakhtar. You guessed correctly. Well done. And you've just snuck it ahead by two points in the end. Congratulations. Uh... Boys, well done to every single one of you. Um, I look down through it. So, uh, Graeme, you have won on 11 points. Well done, making your debut and running away with it by two points. There is a, 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 a triple header silver medal coming for double N, Andy Mack and Alex B. And Andrew Flint, unfortunately, you get the wooden spoon. Uh, newcomers. Yeah. Uh, we can't let new people <laughs> on the course anymore. They're embarrassing us. <laughs> every every time you have a guest on Graham they actually win the bloody quiz and our guys just don't seem to do it alright so I'm going to wish you all a very happy Valentine's Day thank you very much again Graham Merrigan from the What's the Story podcast thanks thanks so much uh, Alan ok Andrew Flint thank you very very much and uh, get yourself off to bed I will try my best thanks for having us buddy ok Alex B have a nice rest of the day over in Toronto Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Andy Mack, you go back to dinner and have fun this evening. Watch out for Cupid on your way home. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to walk home through the snow and uh, whatever. And Double N, of course, thank you very, very much. I know you're all showered and clean and ready for a new week. Yeah, thank you, thank you. All right, all right, folks. Um, right, that is us for this evening. And I know that we had fun here in the studio. I know you had fun listening in as well because, of course, we were getting all your messages. Thank you to everybody who sent in messages to us this evening. It is still at half time, or at half time, it was nil nil between Everton and Fulham. Uh, a draw really is no good for Everton, even though they have games in hand. They need to win that game because right now they are sitting in seventh place. If they win, of course, they will be in fifth tomorrow morning. Okay, folks, um, I hope you're all going to have a lovely Valentine's night. I hope the week is going to be great for you all and that you're going to be here with us again next week because we have a terrific, terrific show next week. We have a great guest on, Cara Goucher, of course, as I mentioned already, uh, the person who really opened up a can of whoop-ass on Nike Origin Product, which basically is it's going to be must listen radio next week yet again okay folks we're going to go out with um, another love song a kind of a different kind of love song but uh, one that I think we all need to every so often say to our partner and say look I love you but you're driving me mad sometimes but it doesn't matter I love you all the same so um, until next week I'm Alan Moore saying thank you very much for listening to us on Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM and this is Maroon 5 and this love and once again a very happy Valentine's Day from Capital Sports Sports with Alan Moore.
try my best to feed her. I 